Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. you so much why do you hate me we've got to do it <laughs> the people have spoken did you know that caterpillars also become moths as well as butterflies no they're more likely to become moths i'm going to suggest something why don't we not talk about jk rowley and you just read out nature facts for 20 minutes can how many species of moths do you think there are in the world yeah um okay i'm gonna be conservative because i'm usually i usually go overboard Three hundred and seventy-four. Oh wait, let's go to the UK. In the UK? Yeah, sorry, I can't find a world fact. So let's um, go to the UK. In the UK, I think there are 84 species of moths. There are 2,500 species what? of moths in oh! the UK. Okay, how many species of butterfly do you think there are in the UK? Well, now I don't fucking know anything. Um, all right, well, um, would there be more or less? Than moths. Well, that's that's the interesting question. What do you think? I mean, that was a lo- that's a lot of moths. Mm-hmm. But I feel like butterflies. There must be way more variation. I swear, I see loads of crazy different butterflies in my yeah. life. So you I'm, think, you? I'm gonna. You. you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing messing with your brain. I'm, I'll well, go, go with for four thousand. There are fifty nine species of butterflies. In the UK, 57 resident species and two regular migrants, the painted lady and the coloured yellow. Why are there so many moths? <laughs> well, exactly. But moths, do you know, I've realised I give moths such a hard time. I think they're amazing. And now, nah, they're I've, creepy. you know, we, we love butterflies because they're colourful. And they're and not attractive. needy. Mm-mm. Moths are very needy. Only to light bulbs. Yeah, but I'm always near a light bulb, so it's I like... I thought you in the dark. <laughs> Do you like butterflies? They're all right. I can't imagine right. you galloping through a field, butterflies around you. You don't know what I do in my free time. <laughs> We're not friends. <laughs> Just see the I other day you sent me a text and you said Tilly. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel slightly like I work for you, not that we're friends. <laughs> And I screenshotted it and I sent it to Josh, who is our mutual friend and my housemate, although he's not with me at the moment, um, just to have some empathy in the club of people who feel like maybe secretly Helen hates us. (laughs) Yeah, Josh really thinks that about me. I don't understand. Do I present myself as really false? No, I just think sometimes, I I don't know what it is. I think think you're just so charismatic and (laughs) likeable. But then sometimes you'll do things like you'll call me 
my full name in a text and I think what have I done wrong <laughs> I like to use people's names I think it's familial no <laughs> what text was it I'm now gonna be paranoid for the rest of my life oh no it was just it was just fun it was just because we're both scared that you hate us because we like you so much <laughs> I'm now scrolling back through our you. messages Tilly oh what text oh was in what text did you send me oh I'll find it yeah I'll find thanks, it. Thanks, Tilly. Was it thanks, Tilly? Uh, yeah, I think it might have been. And three love hearts. Was it that Well, one? look, if we're going to get into the love heart discourse. <laughs> I put three love hearts. Would you have preferred me to just say thanks? No, Tilly. Is it because I didn't then reply with anything other than I didn't ask a question or have a follow-up? I think I'm just oversensitive. Because <laughs> I used your name. I know. And I know you love me, and it, it was never in any doubt that you love me. It's just funny that I'm still see, I'm still afraid that you don't like me. This is a test of who is the more paranoid, because you're really paranoid that I don't love you, but I'm now really paranoid that I send passive-aggressive <laughs> messages. Oh, we'll both forever be insecure. Let's just live in pain. <laughs> well, we've done our facts about butterflies. So um, I guess we'll talk about JK Rowling. Should we've I read been, the Wikipedia? Yeah, we've been thinking about doing her for a while, but I mean, she really has just fully shat herself in public now. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, God. God. Are you on the Wikipedia? Joanna Rowling. Yeah. C-H-O-B-E. Born the 31st of July 1965. She is 54. Better known by her pen name, J.K. Rowling, is a British author, screenwriter, producer and philanthropist. She's best known for writing Harry Potter fantasy series, which has won multiple awards, sold more than 500 million copies and becoming the best-selling book series in history. The book's the basis of a popular film series, blah, 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 blah. Then she did loads of other stuff, which, you know, isn't as good. Yeah. You are a Harry Potter mega fan. Correct. So how do you feel about... Um, it's interesting. It's a real, I feel like there, I don't have the answer to this, but so for context, she's, she's become quite known, hasn't she, particularly within like leftist circles as being this really problematic public figure. And recently, if you're not aware, which you probably are, but you might not be if you live in a different country or you're avoiding social media, she tweeted. um, Well, I mean, I think it has become quite, it's become quite mainstream now and it's in like the big papers and stuff mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. No, completely like front page mm-hmm. on on all sides of the argument, isn't it? She tweeted um, She tweeted in response to an article that was talking about uh, people who menstruate. She said, I think there used to be a word for those people, implying woman. And she's been known to being sort of under the radar vocal about um, trans issues in the past. And she's clearly got a position where she believes that sex is biological and that there's a danger to sort of quote-unquote women, you know, non-trans women, um, because of the trans debate. And that's sort of become much more mainstream, hasn't it, her views. And now Daniel Radcliffe has come out and so has um, Hermione Granger and so has uh, Ginger Spice <laughs> saying um, saying that they're, you know, trans women are women, trans men are men and Harry Potter can be for you whatever you need it to be so I don't really have the solution but I do think they make a really interesting provocation which is can 
the literature still hold the values that it did for so mm. many people when they were growing up, which were ones of compassion and good versus evil and having a really strong moral compass when the author of those things is saying things that a lot of people find really troubling. Yeah, and I, I thought I, I thought Dan Radcliffe's statement was brilliant. Oh, God, he's just so gorgeous. Yeah, but just the fact that, you know, he made it clear that he doesn't agree with her views... But he still, you know, used her name in the statement. And I was like, okay, you're not dis- trying to just distance yourself. Like, you are just <laughs> saying how you feel about yeah. the situation. And, you know, acknowledging that you did work with her for, like, your entire childhood. And it must be, you know, I mean, it's just... But I don't know about you, um, Tilly, to use your name. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I actually find this is... This is the subject matter which I find myself coming in the conflict which Danny Radcliffe clearly has with J.K. Rowling. Coming, I come into that with a lot of my friends as well, which is that I have people in my life that I agree with on everything and this is the thing that we yeah, don't agree on. Yeah, I'm quite lucky really because I don't have many friends who... <laughs> <laughs> I don't Both have not. many friends. Um, no, I don't really have a lot of... I don't really have anyone, I think, in my life who subscribes to the turf ideology, i.e. trans-exclusionary uh, radical feminism, uh, mm-hmm. as it's known. So I've been quite lucky, really, to not have to have many of those difficult conversations. But I did have one conversation with someone I worked with, which was a very, very difficult conversation, um, because she was so seemingly liberal and I did look up to her and respect her a lot and this suddenly was the sticking point where she suddenly I could tell really did not like trans people um and I and that was it and she just kind of no matter what I said it was all very sort of you know my children and I'm worried about male violence and it's like oh well well, trans women aren't men they're women so Mm. that's not (laughs) you know it's a really frustrating debate to be having I think because gender is so hard to talk about and it's it's really I think if a lot of people were really honest about why they hold the positions they hold it's because they don't like seeing people who don't subscribe to their understandings of what gender is and that it upsets them to look at them I think that it's bigotry. It's, yeah. It really yeah. is. And it's and it's all kind of concealed through this, you know, changing rooms and toilets and all the rest of it. And I've never felt afraid in a toilet in my life. I felt afraid when I've been alone with cis men. That's when I've, you know, yeah. been afraid in my life. I've, I've felt afraid when I'm walking home at night, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a hypothetical debate. I think that is the issue, that's the nail on the old noggin, is that it's all so theoretical. And I think, because I actually think it's less clear than that, I think some people are just really bigoted, and I think some people are openly turfs, and they don't, you know, and some people have subconscious issues with things that don't conform to gender. And I think some people, I really like, there was a tweet by this person called, um, she's just called Tina on Twitter, at Tina ZH something something and she said life gets easier once you realise everyone is just projecting and I think that's why there's this it feels like this war between non-trans women particularly like 
older um often people who've been part of like pride movements in the past um not to generalize obviously this is a minority within those people but that seems to be the people most vocal that I'm aware of on Twitter them and Graham Linehan and um trans people and it seems to be this protective thing based on their own trauma and their own kind of experience of sexual violence and that was JK's justification wasn't it well this is the thing because I think you are right I I don't think that it's just a blanket like people start out hating trans people and that's how they get kind of co-opted into this way of thinking I think a lot of it does stem from playing on trauma that women have experienced exactly Um, and it's used it's weaponized to pit people against each other because some of the people I've spoken to who who are my friends and who are like I say I agree with on everything and that's the other thing I think we shouldn't assume that our listeners all agree with us like we quite no but I do know that we we have some trans listeners and completely but what but what I find what I find really fascinating is I I bang my head against a wall when I'm having this conversation with people who I agree with on everything else because it's really hard to say to people if they've got a really personal experience that slightly warps their view of this kind of subject matter it's hard to argue with with a feeling isn't it and it's where all bigotry stems from is a feeling of it just feels wrong and I just don't like it and if that feeling is really entrenched in assault or abuse or sexual violence it's even more difficult to kind of navigate and a lot of my friends who have issues with things like um, non-binary spaces or the idea that sex doesn't really exist biologically or which are all things I disagree with like I think that I you know I think that sex is a spectrum and I think trans women are women like I want to be really vocal that I'm not trying to give oxygen to those views but it's it's interesting how do you change people's minds when they are so core to that they're a gut feeling rather than necessarily a logical response and a lot of my friends I disagree with really vocally say like I really want to support trans people and obviously there are trans people dying all the time and I don't think that's right but on the other hand there's like this cognitive dissonance of I feel that way and I want to stand with trans people but Mm. equally for example I've got a friend who works in like a safe house for women who've experienced sexual violence and the fear that those women may no longer have that safe space and I have to say to her that's not a reality like nobody is arguing that no trans woman is arguing that that space shouldn't be free anymore and that's where it's being weaponized isn't it it's a legitimate fear of safe spaces becoming unsafe that's a completely legitimate fear but what people are then doing is using that legitimate fear to provoke your kind of bias towards a certain group of people which is not legitimate and I don't think you have to be an inherently evil person to have that muddied in your mind and I just find it so I just don't know what the solution is to changing people's position on it and it's why I think the JK rolling situation online is so interesting at the moment is it it's not changing anybody's position like everybody's becoming really hardened in their camps and it's why her tweet is so damaging and I did have some sympathy for her in the past when she said things and people have really attacked her but actually I've changed my mind about that because she has so much power and what's really scary is that she's not giving people this idea that trans women aren't women and trans men aren't men she's legitimizing an idea that people already have and then then all retweeting it and she's got so much kind of parent it's why everybody's shouting her down so loudly but by them shouting her down so loudly it just hardens people's position in both camps doesn't it and it's like a really um, I just I've, I've personally because I've experienced so many people I know having those views that I really don't agree with I'm always really interested in how you genuinely have a dialogue about it where you can change people's minds because I think it's what's really frustrating is how a lot of this debate 
And also a lot of the radicalisation of women has basically entirely taken place online. And it's interesting how Twitter has been used in that way because, as as we all know at this point, it's not really useful. Um, (laughs) It it, it is useful up to a point, but... um, The nuance or... Yeah, and also the algorithm and all the rest of it. Um, Yeah, yeah. So really what happened with J.K. Rowling is she kind of dipped her toe into the water of turfdom (laughs) and people, you know, who notice everything that people do online had noticed that she had started to follow some really um, quite nasty uh, accounts uh, online Um, and they wanted answers. But instead of, (laughs) of course, online on Twitter, what happens is People don't just message someone and go, oh, um, I see you're following that person. I, I don't think they're very nice to trans people. And I think you should read these articles and these books um, and maybe reach out to some trans charities, have a chat with them, mm-hmm. and hopefully you'll change your mind. They immediately went to, you're a fucking piece of shit, die, all the rest of it. Yeah. And... It's not my place to say whether that's right or wrong. J.K. Rowling is a person who has an immense amount of power. Um, But the way that happens to J.K. Rowling is also a similar thing that happens to people with less power. And that's why I think it's important to talk about it. So someone says something that's problematic or wrong. They get a a lot of abuse for it and some uh, constructive criticism. And then what the turf movement does is they're immediately there with a kind of wave of unending solidarity and support and almost kind of love bombing. Um, And that kind of outpouring of love then kind of almost grooms that person, I think, into going, oh... These guys are nice. I I like this. This is good. I want this to carry on. I'm feeling good about myself then. I'm I'm a fucking legend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Makes you feel like you're doing the right thing. You're on the right side of the battle. Totally, I completely agree. And I th- and I just think that it's just easier to not apologise, isn't it? Oh my god! It's just easier to been... just double down and dig your heels yeah. in and think, well, all these people think I'm great, so. Yeah. And if you're as well, if you're someone, I just can imagine getting to that level of fame and power and being like, but I'm just a person, and actually, you are when you close your door. But on Twitter, you have so you're much not. power. And you're not, yeah. But it must be really hard to fathom that if you are just particularly... She has been through a lot of stuff and I think a lot of people feel this is is a slight, like, oppression Olympics thing, isn't it, of who's had the worst time and if you've had personal experiences that you find really hard and then you're being shouted at and called evil and, you know, for really legitimate reasons and by people who have every right to be angry at you. Yeah, like you say, it's going to make you dig your heels in. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What I find so interesting, and it's the Graham Linehan position as well, so the writer of Father Ted who is really vocal on Twitter. I don't think you wrote that. (laughs) I love that. I think that was Ardlo Hanlon who wrote Father Ted. (laughs) Is that Ardlo? Is that his name? You mean the the the, the father? Oh, father! No, no, no. Um, Dougal. Oh, Dougal. Oh, yeah. please let's give him the credit. <laughs> he. What I find really bizarre about him, and it's a similar thing to a lot of people who are very anti-trans on Twitter, is they almost feel it feels like they think that trans people are like the majority, like issue that's happening at the moment, and that it needs fighting, and that. I've spoken to people like particularly older sort of academic people who are like, well, this is the biggest issue of our times. And actually, if you just look at your day to day reality, it is really it is not impacting society or culture in the way that you fear that it is. And obviously for trans people, it's an enormous movement and it's Mm -hmm. fantastic. There's more visibility and presence. But for anti-trans people, I just don't really understand why this is. And this thing with JK, why is this the battle that she's that she's choosing to pick. This is not the enemy here. I just find it really baffling. I was in a room with her once. You were? You said she was very beautiful. Very beautiful. Money. Yeah. Can buy you nice stuff. She was very beautiful and very... There was an aura of fucking power around her. Like, big time. Wow. It's so So, odd, um, isn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's the debate of does this take away from the art that she's made but also does it take away from all of the really fantastic things she's done as a philanthropist you know she should be wealthier than the queen and she's has she taken herself off the forbes list by how much money she's given away through actually being taxed and through her charitable donations i think yeah. she maybe became the first person to not be a billionaire because they'd given away and that must be so much work you know she i think she meets once a week with her, with a board of people who all decide they read every letter that's sent to them they give just so much of her money away but are really clever with how they give it and how much and where to and you know she has done enormous good as well as enormous damage so I wonder how much particularly with things around trans rights I do think we're just at the beginning of a journey and a movement and I wonder will she within her lifetime change her mind because I hope so. The other thing about Twitter is you sort of forget deep time, don't you? Like, you forget that 
everything's transient and moving and you feel like this is you know this is the news today and this is how people feel today because you put down how you feel in that moment Mm. and it solidifies it forever but maybe she will maybe she is just on a process and she will change change her mind but I guess that you know changing her mind doesn't mean people have to forgive her yeah it also it's so complex because it's like I think people don't want to ask for forgiveness you know especially now that she's kind of got this group of you know yes men around her love bombing her with oh thank you for sticking up for yeah for us and we'll never betray you and we'll never say anything bad about you her apologizing would involve her reneging on that group of people who as we know are not very nice <laughs> so you right, uh, there's a great said- article actually about um uh a lesbian who was um, brought into the TERF movement. Let me find, see if I can find it. The gender, the gender critical feminist movement is a cult that grooms, controls, and abuses, according to a lesbian who managed to escape. Wow. Um, Where is that? It's on pinknews.co.uk. I will send you the article. Well, I feel like you can. Still I can't the say that I'm glad we did this. Sorry, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> I'm with you. I feel like the the books can still stand and the messages of the books. Oh, I think if you still want to enjoy the books. But also if you are, Fox to you. you know, if you are a trans person or a person with gender dysphoria or LGBTQ+ and you have taken something good from the books. This is kind of what Daniel Radcliffe said, wasn't it? Is that has not gone away because that really has come from you and your and your strength and how you've taken the books. And interpreted them into your life and that will never go away. Which yeah, I totally. But I can pain. imagine it It is really painful for some yeah. trans kids, you know. I Was think... Mermaids? Um, a young person did a blog post on, I think Mermaid, uh, the organisation Mermaids have been doing a really good job of sort of platforming voices of trans children, yeah. trans people. And um, like a big Harry Potter fan did a, did a blog post that I recommend reading on their website. Mm. I can imagine not wanting to read her books again or or whatever yeah, it is because especially at a at a young age where you really you want to be told that you're that people care about you and they want to they want you to enter the adult world and use your voice and I just I don't I'll, I will never understand what has possessed her to have this take yeah, I think that when we get to the root of that, that might be a step in the right direction because if we can understand her, then maybe that's a step to sort of changing her mind about stuff because everyone's always coming from somewhere, even when they're massively bigoted. And I do think yeah. people's minds can be changed. I really, really do. I do believe that. Yay! But Are you an optimist, Tilly? I am an optimist. I think... Wow. I think if you don't have a bit of optimism there's kind of no point doing anything <laughs> if you don't think things can change that's the most like cynical version of optimism i've ever heard yeah it's copyrighted i'm gonna write a book on it <laughs> i will be buying that mm. okay okay you've got to go and do your rehearsal i do the drama the show will go on even in <laughs> lockdown thanks so much for listening thank you guys very much for listening and we'll be back next week. Maybe we'll do a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some good suggestions. And thank you to everyone that recommended JK Rowling. Um, I do hate you, but it, you know, <laughs> it is good to talk about it. 
it's good to talk. I'm going to play good Harry talk. Potter Cluedo tonight. I'm very excited. Oh, are you? JK's a turf for well. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Bitchin', a podcast by Tilly Steele and Helen Monks. Our music was by Dave Cribb and our artwork was by Luke W. Robson. Greatbigowl.com <laughs>